Syracuse.com's Lindsey Kramer is a Swiss Army knife. He covers the Syracuse Chiefs, the Syracuse Crunch, the Syracuse Silver Knights, Syracuse University women's basketball, Syracuse University men's lacrosse, Syracuse University women's lacrosse, and just for good measure, he also covers some high school sports. Kramer is everywhere. And he's our guest this week on the Syracuse Sports Podcast to discuss a number of things happening with those teams. Why would the Syracuse Chiefs change their name to the Syracuse Mets? Can a young goaltender carry the Syracuse Crunch forward? Who is the Aussie import that's been lighting up Syracuse women's basketball games? How have the Syracuse Silver Knights managed to last this long in a market that in the past has not been kind to new minor league sports teams? And is the expectation for John Desco to get back to the Final Four or bust in 2018? You know, Lindsay covers a lot of winning teams for us. How about a shout-out to another winning team, our friends at the Bill Rapp Superstore. Brian and Bruce Rapp. When you stop in, talk some SU hoops with them. These guys bleed orange. And then talk about how they're celebrating the season with slam dunk deals. If you're looking for Subaru, Buick, GMC, this is the place to go. It is an all-star shopping experience. If you're looking for credit approved, maybe a little value on your trade, you can calculate your payments online. Check it out before you get there and talk about Syracuse basketball with these guys. BillRap.com is where you can do that. Always a great deal. Always the smart choice at Bill Rap. So we are here with Lindsey Kramer. Lindsay, the Syracuse Mets. And let's start right there. My perception on this, and I don't know if you picked up on it as well, and you've certainly written about it a lot here, was Governor Cuomo does this State of the State address, and he says they're going to change the Syracuse Mets. That seemed to catch a lot of people off guard, including the Syracuse Chiefs at this point. So let's let's take a step back here. We know why they're going to be the Mets because of the sale and everything happening there. But did that name change take some people off guard, in your opinion? I think so, because one of the first questions everybody asked back in, what was it, October, when they announced that they're going to have this uh, sale was, well, are you eventually going to change the name to the Mets? Is it, are you? And there was a little bit of dancing around the subject, but the, the general thought seemed to be, well, it's not on the front burner, and we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, there was there was no confirmation, there was no even indication there was a possibility. And the Chiefs is such a a locked in name to the baseball community here that he sort of felt like you know it'd be the Chiefs and the the, the Mets would be the parent club, but it wasn't necessary. And I, I asked Jason Smurl that at the at the hot stove dinner again uh, was it last month, a couple months ago, and again, no firm word either way, but n- nothing that even indicated. Well, we'll talk about it later. And then the state of the state address, and the governor mentions this, and Mr. Wilpon is sitting right there. So clearly he he knew, right, and the governor knew, and then all of a sudden it's kind of hard to keep secret. And then when you circle back and talk to Jason Smorl and the Mets, they had to come up with something, right, because the governor just said, we're going to be the Mets. So the, the word is, well, we're going to keep this Chiefs in 2018 when we're still have the Nationals players on the field. Of course, you can't be the Syracuse Mets with Nationals players on the field. That would be terrible so i'd love to see it happen wouldn't honestly it, wouldn't it be so awkward that'd be great but, but we know it's not so it, but in 2019 we're gonna change your name well what are you gonna change your name to salt potatoes or you know whatever but if you wanted to do that you could do that in 2018 you could be a salt potatoes 2018 you don't need to wait, wait till 2019 to change your name i think unless you're changing it to the mets which makes perfect sense because then the mets players will be on the field and away we go so you can't say it was a total surprise because the initial thought was is this possible? But it, it seemed to be on the back burner. 
and uh, now it's now it's on the front burner. Well, and we're around the campfire is that Fred Wilpon and the Wilpons were not happy that in the in their own organization the Binghamton Mets changed to the Rumble. Tones, That's right, which is just a fantastic minor league nickname. But it just kind of flies in the face of what minor league sports should be. I mean, and the Salt Potatoes is a perfect example of that. That was gangbusters. That's right. one of the best promotions that team has ever done. And whether you change to it permanently or whatever the case may be. I'm just curious why they didn't go down that road and why they're going to settle with something that's as boring as the Mets for this reason. I mean, there's exceptions to all rules, right? The Pawtucket Red Sox. They're mad about the Red Mm -hmm. Sox in that area. You don't need a quirky name. Uh, If you're the Yankees, and even the Yankees changed their AAA team, or the Iowa Cubs, okay, there's there's exceptions to all rules Mm -hmm. here. The Mets do not have a big enough hold on this market that you can be the Mets. I mean, Mm -hmm. frankly, I, I think it's boring. So I'm surprised they didn't even consider opening that up. But I guess if you're the Mets and you just bought this team for, what was it, $18 million, you you can call whatever you want. Well, that's just it. I thought a lot lot about that. And obviously when they were in Buffalo, they didn't own the franchise. They were the Buffalo Mets. They're not the Las Vegas Mets. Clearly they bought the franchise and uh, they they want to be the Mets. And I'm sure they feel they are close enough to New York City to establish that that New York brand from Binghamton to Syracuse and and Brooklyn. So they're comfortable uh, being the Mets, clearly. Uh, It opens up all kinds of uh, marketing opportunities and and T-shirt sales and souvenir opportunities come in 2019 uh, when the Mets uh, become the Mets. You know, they they clearly want this team to be successful. It's, It's their team now. How are we going to do this? Well, we feel as the Mets, we, we have a better chance of making this team work here than as the Chiefs. And, yeah, you take a little bit of flack because the Chiefs' you know, name is out the window. But whatever Met fan base is here, they're going to buy those T-shirts. They're going to buy those sweatshirts, those, those batting helmets, those caps. So it's, it's a bit of a calculated risk because in 2025, they can just leave and there's, there's no Mets, there's no Chiefs, period. But I think they just want to do it on their terms, which they can. Because uh, as, as was pointed out, when you buy a team, you take, you take control. So everything's going to be blue and orange, just like just like SU, just like the Mets. And um, they clearly had no ties to the Chiefs, the Chiefs' name. I, what I would like to know, and I'm told it wasn't brought up, but when the sale was being talked about, I don't know if the Mets said, hey, we're going to be on the Mets. See, I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't I don't think it was. But clearly they had this locked in because, you know, it's, it's just a couple months after that, and now they're saying And they this got is a direct line to the governor to do right. it. So it was like yeah. one of those – we're going to do this, and if you come out and announce it this way, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. How is the sale going? What is there anything else we need to know about this? Are our stockholders kind of waiting for all the I's to be dotted and the T's to be crossed here? What, what's the latest you can tell us on it's the not transaction? A, it's not a matter of how it's going. It's done. I mean, this is the Mets, Mets franchise now. It's closed in, in December at the hot stove meeting. And Jason Small discussed about how the Mets were already starting to come in, Mets officials, and, and look at the ticketing situation, look at the marketing, kind of assess things. Not you know, there's, it's not like everything's being rooted out and changed. Obviously, Jason's staying as a GM, but they're they're taking stock of everything. Uh, I asked Jason the other day, "Do you have a Mets insignia up?" He says, "He says no, not yet." So, but clearly, they are they are in charge. They are making frequent trips up here. Obviously, something to explore more as the winter progresses and spring comes. But I, I haven't gotten a lot as far as the dynamic between the Nationals being run by a, a Mets organization. That's more, you know, when when they report and, and you know get a chance to talk to players and managers, still staff of Washington. But um, the, the Mets, the Mets are in charge, and Jason is, is running things for the Mets. J- <clears throat> Jason is trying to strike a interesting balance because he's very enthusiastic about the Mets, which you would expect. He works for the Mets. You know, he wants to make the team work, and yet, of course, he's still working with the Nationals. So Jason doesn't come out yet. He's a very rah-rah guy, as you know. He doesn't come out yet 
totally, completely rah-rah, 100% from the Mets because his, his partner's financials. But he, he still makes clear this is a Mets or this is a Mets uh, team now. They're running things. The Wolpons are up and the, the marketers are up. The ticket staffers are up. So they're they're putting their fingerprint on it. And what, it's just interesting to see when April comes, when you walk in that park, would you know it's a Mets team? Or not, will much right? will much be different? Um, you remember when the Nationals got here, the, the Nationals, the Curly W was all over the place, right? In 10 minutes after Toronto left. Well, what are you going to see when you walk in in April? You know, I don't think you'll see the, the the apple going up for the home runs, right, yet. I think you'll see Mr. Metz well, we not going to be running around. at some point. Not I mean, in 2018, you're not. We've got to go in all in on this, but it's going to give you plenty to watch and, and, and write about, certainly, it's how a very, they handle this. very it's, interesting year. It's a very interesting and unique year. I don't think we've ever seen something like this. So we go from AAA baseball to the American Hockey League. Lindsay sure. also on the beat for the Syracuse Crunch. They've been playing pretty well as of late. Had a couple of winning streaks uh, in, in just the past couple of months here. One thing I'm really intrigued by, and, and goalies are always an interesting mm-hmm. conversation, but so you have Louis Domingue, they make mm-hmm. the trade for him, but he gets called up to Tampa Bay because mm-hmm. Peter Budai gets hurt up at the NHL level. So a guy that, you know, Ben Grew and others have flat out said really kind of stabilized their season. Mm-hmm. Is is going to be up in Tampa sure, Bay for, for a while. while. Yep. So now it's in the hands of young Connor Ingram, mm-hmm. who can't even you know buy beer at this 20, point. Twenty, yeah. One of the best young goalies in the league, but you know obviously still has to kind of learn his way here. So how have they responded to Connor Ingram being the goalie, and, and how has he played? This is an interesting time because you hate to be too dramatic in a in a long season, but clearly this is one of those points where the the season is hanging in the balance because when you lose. You lose your starting goalie, not just for a game or two, but it could be weeks and weeks. And the team was up and down, up and down. It was playing better under the new guy, the new guy, but then he leaves. So then you figure, you know, what? It's different from being a backup goalie as a rookie and a starter. But talking to Connor several times, the guy is twenty, but he, he's he's absolute ice. He's un he's um, he's not bothered by anything. He doesn't seem like the moment's too big for him. He's very calm and cool. And the team's been playing better around him which is a key thing, whereas Domingue could probably steal a game or two. I don't think Connor's really had to steal a game or two. He's you know played well enough to win, and the team's complimented enough by you know scoring the goals, playing well around him. They realize that, hey, this is a different dynamic with Louis Gaughan. I mean, you're, you're not going to have a, a 25-year-old NHL veteran standing on his head every night. Now, um, it's a small sample size with Connor, so you cross your fingers because things can change quickly, people can get hurt. But you got to figure that with the talent around him, Connor playing at least close to his potential. It, it seems like a team that's finding its footing is very comfortable in the skin. It's it's a very loose group. They don't seem again too overly worried about anything. You know, they they follow what Ben says. They go out and do it, and, and results follow. So the thing I that, that strikes me again, just talking player after player. Yeah, they're all eager to learn. They're all impressionable, but nobody is like, wow, you know, what do we do now? I mean, they go out there. They're finding their feet. They're like young puppies running around the ice, getting their energy, and, and all of a sudden things are clicking. And uh, Connor, Connor's part of that. So, again, we'll see. We're approaching the halfway point. A lot of games coming up. But, um, you know, this is a crucial stretch, but it's nothing about where you say, uh-oh, they're, they're in big trouble right now. Which is interesting because there was so much turnover from last year's team, a couple of holdovers from a team that went to the Calder Cup Finals. But Matthew Pekka stands out. as mm-hmm. he He's an all-star. And sure. Boy, they love having all-star games around here, Lindsay. They Syracuse, do. Utica, back to Utica now. I mean, they're all about it's crazy. It it's, it's crazy. Why is the American Hockey League embrace Central New York as, as this place to, to be all-star central? Well, um, how can I put this? The, to uh, put it gently, you know, not every city wants to host the all-star game. Uh, it depends upon the market. It's a lot of work. Uh, some cities are more AHL supportive than others. 
Uh, so if you're going to want to do this, you want to have, be in an arena that's going to be full, and the people love their hockey. Obviously, Central New York does. So the AHL every year solicits bids or interest, and there's no law saying every team has to bid. So they, they look at who, who bids, and Utica, of course, uh, three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, did a great job. So so why not? I mean, Turning Stone's the host, natural venue. Uh, you know, Syracuse did a great job. I, I don't know that Howard's going to swing around and bid anytime soon. I mean, he's done that twice now. So while uh, Crunch did a great job, I, I don't I don't think it'd be Utica Syracuse thing, but I wouldn't be surprised back to Rochester. Um, you know, the the successful markets, the Lehigh Valleys, the Hershey's, they always do well. And again, you don't you don't want to put it. You know, God bless California. I'm sure they draw well there, but you put it in California, and then all of a sudden you, you're going to get very little media going. Uh, then all of a sudden you're flying players cross country, and they're bringing them back next weekend or next couple of days to play. So putting it in, in New England slash New York East Coast is very geographically friendly. And then you've got the outliers of the of the California teams and Midwest teams. You just have to deal with it. But um, it's you very know, cost friendly. It is. League, it seems, I mean, they, they do have to spread it around. It, it, I mean, there's no question that California will get a, get it shot again and again. But it's just not. It's not as applicable as you know putting it smack dab in the middle of the Northeast. You brought up that Howard Dolgan probably won't be bidding on the All Star right. game anytime soon, but it mm-hmm. seems like Howard's due for a big right. idea. Mm-hmm. And there was some discussion uh, in 2017 mm. about another outdoor game happening, and mm. that kind of fizzled. But, mm. I mean, you know Howard Dolgan right. as well as anybody. You've covered him from day one. That just kind of got pushed aside. They haven't given up on that mm. idea yet. Or is there something else, mm. that another road they could go down? Let me here? just say, Howard doesn't have a big idea. He has a big year. And they're gearing toward the 25th year, which is next year. And I'm sure talking to you and talking to me, he just runs through things, which aren't formalized, so he probably shouldn't say them now. But day after day, game after game, event after event, um, He last year he wanted to do um, – as you mentioned, the, the game at, uh, at the baseball stadium didn't work out. He's also spoke of putting a game in the center of the Carrier Dome, not not off the basketball court side, um, which he, I think he's dead serious about. The thing is he, he doesn't want to – that's such a labor-intensive effort. He doesn't want to plop that in the middle of a 25th anniversary season where there's so much else going on. So I, I don't know if he would make a, a Carrier Dome game the centerpiece of that season, whether he might push it down the road two years, but – you know, next year, not that he's ignoring this year, but next year I think he's going to have a lot of cool things that people are going to love. And um, how's all about the, the landmark things, 25, 20, uh, so he's he's fired up. We're going to talk to Lindsey Kramer about the Syracuse Silver Knights still going strong, a little Syracuse women's basketball, and an Aussie import is making a huge impact. And believe it or not, it's time for Syracuse lacrosse. We'll get into all that after this word from Bill Rapp. Is 2018 going to be the year? This is the year... You're going to quit smoking. You're going to lose weight. You're going to stick to that New Year's resolution and make it happen. I believe in you. Now, 2018 may be New Year, new car time. It is for me. Brought it up earlier. I cannot believe it. I looked at my odometer the other day. 97,000 miles. Okay. 2018 is going to be the year. If you're like me and you're looking for new, you're looking for trade. You want to calculate your payments online. Credit approved, an all-star shopping experience. Go in, talk a little SU hoops. Talking about my friends, Brian and Bruce Rapp, at the Bill Rapp Superstore. Check it out online, BillRapp.com. New Subarus, Buicks, GMCs, pre-owned vehicles as well. You've got options. It's a new year. Why don't you treat yourself and get that car? Bill Rapp Superstore, BillRapp.com. New year, new car, make it happen. All right, Lindsay, when it comes to the Syracuse Silver Knights, I've got to be honest with you. I'm like Ron Burgundy that time he did Sports Center. I got nothing. I got nothing here. Okay. I, 
and this is on me. I haven't been to a game. I haven't written, spoke, or in any way, shape, or form been associated with this team. And that's just, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way that it's panned out here. So how has this team managed to stick around for a few years in, in a market where it, it's not easy mm-hmm. to succeed in, in what can be kind of considered a niche sport? They seem to be going pretty strong here. Well, here's what I would tell you. I think every community is stronger reflected by the diversity of entertainment options it has, whether it's all the way at the top and 30000 for a basketball game or, or 2000 for a soccer game. And Tommy Tanner and Silver Knights have, have struck that niche. They've made it work with two, 3000 fans per game. And I tell you, say you haven't been, I, I have. If you go, it's like it's sort of like hockey. You know, you want to go again. It, it's, it's a constant flow of music, loudness, scoring, cheering, sound effects. Plus, I think a big key is Tommy has um, – Nicely woven in a large dose of uh, local players, especially from Bowensville. So um, the winning hasn't always come to the extent that Tommy has hoped or promised. But then again, you know, let's say Syracuse had a great indoor soccer team. Like, who? What sort of selling point would that be? It's not like people going to walk around saying, "I'm from Silver Knights," and they're going to walk around saying, "Hey, I, I saw the kid from Liverpool, or the kid from Beeville, or some some grand, fantastic promotion, Star Wars night, whatever." So uh, I think Tommy, while he certainly wants to win, struck a great balance of providing fun entertainment, local kids, and, and indoor soccer is something that not a lot of people are familiar with. So you go, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. So not only is there that core, but I think it does a good job of expanding out and keeping that, that growing audience. There's a lot of soccer fans, obviously, everywhere, a lot of soccer fans in New York. And like hockey, soccer is a sport where there's been a lot of kids coming out of New York going to college, Alex Bono, you know, going to SU, that, that have done well. So I think you get that base, and, and obviously he's he's financially doing enough to keep it going. Um, I, I don't know what his break-even point is, but two or 3,000 fans per game seems about what they do legitimately. I mean, I've seen them. They're there, and they're, they're very loud. The music's very loud. Balls are flying in the stands. You know, players are scoring and throwing T-shirts in the stands and whatnot. You know, you kick the ball, and you throw it back in. I mean, just it's almost like you're part of the game. It sounds perfect for a society where, you know, for 30, 30 seconds goes by and you have to look at your phone and be distracted right. all the time. So, yeah, don't do that. All right. yeah, Late yeah. New Year's resolution, I will go to a Syracuse okay. Silver Knights game. We'll hold you there. In 2018 and check it out for myself. Uh, two big things that you uh, cover for us up on the Hill, and one is Syracuse mm-hmm. women's basketball. And they've had a pretty exciting thing happen this year, and they have an Aussie import who comes in and – you got to help me here, Lindsay. I know we're all getting used to this. It's like the Alabama quarterback. We're all learning how to pronounce Tua. his name. Okay. Tiana Mangakaya? I think that's close. I think you will get her to turn her head if you say she'll She'll recognize that. She'll recognize it that. It might okay. be a soft G, but it's it's close. I'll take that. So she's from Australia. Mm-hmm. She comes in, has made a huge impact on this team, including recently. And this is a team that just beat the number 11 team in the country, Florida State, in their last game as we record this here on Wednesday. 44 mm-hmm. points. In a game, that is one of the greatest performances in the history of that building, men mm-hmm. or women. That's incredible. It's insane. You know, the team is a joy to cover and it's a joy to watch because if you appreciate excellence, you appreciate excitement. And, you know, Coach Hillsman, he has things going. Like, he doesn't put up with any nonsense. He doesn't put up with any kind of, you know, uh, half-baked efforts. He, he wants what he wants. And if you don't give it to him, he's going to sit you. Like in that game you mentioned, Tiana, I guess on her first drive, she didn't do exactly what Coach wanted. So a minute in, he ganks her out. And he joked later that you know that was the minute she could have scored the point that gave her the record. <laughs> so um, they are they are a joy to watch. And you know you look at last year uh, how fun they were, and you think, well, okay, a little bit of down year, a lot of new faces, but um, without missing a beat, the team is tough. The team might even be faster than last year. Obviously, it's not as experienced, but 
you know, against uh, Florida State, they were down. I thought Florida State had them down and out. They bounced back. Um, Tiana, as you mentioned, she's she's an unbelievable passer. She's getting knocked all over the place, bounced off the floor, jumping up. She's you know average height, five seven, five eight. Um, just eyes in the back of her head. There's three or four players. Miranda Drummond scored thirty eight against Florida State. Um, that just will will just shoot your eyes out. You think about Brittany Sykes was that way. Alexis Pearson was that way. You think, well, these guys will take a while to toughen up. They come in the raw. There's some there's some soft spots. There's some spots they're developing, but it's never effort. It's never like, well, you know, we're we're beat and we're down. So these 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 freshmen are just are running up and down, making a lot of mistakes, doing a lot of good things, and then you got Tiana just your mouth just drops open. Like, what did she see? I didn't think anybody would be like Alexis Peterson. She might be a better passer, not not quite the score, but. She just stepped right in as a sophomore. Again, if you got a few extra bucks and you want to just spend a Sunday afternoon having some fun, go watch this team play because you won't regret it. Lindsay, uh, the biggest storyline with the Syracuse men's lacrosse team as they go into 2018, at least I thought, would be they've got to get back to a Final Four. I mean, this is a program, even with the expansion of college lacrosse and the talent that's out there across the board, this is not just four or five programs anymore, Syracuse, mm-hmm. Princeton, Hopkins, Virginia, that go to Final Fours. It's all over the place now. But I think the fan base is eager to mm-hmm. see this team get back there. I still think that's the overlying storyline, but something as unique as I have ever seen happened to this team in the fall, and both the men's and the women's team, by the way, mm-hmm. got a serious case of the mumps. So they couldn't even have a full fall practice. So we're coming in here with uh, practice getting underway this week, week yep. media day and everything, and we didn't get an opportunity to really see how they're going to take those steps mm-hmm. forward as a team. And they didn't get to see it either because they didn't have much of a fall session. So what, how unique was that of a story to see a, mm-hmm. a team have to wipe something out because of, of the mumps? Mm-hmm. And what's the step forward from that? And, and what are kind of the early things you're going to be looking for? Well, I I think we need to take a step back first of all. Think back to last year, and the most interesting thing about that team was was it eight, nine, ten, one goal games. So they were a team that was very exciting to watch. They played exciting games, and they they won. I think most of those one goal games, but the margin of error was very thin. It wasn't like they were blowing teams out. And of course, that caught up them when they lost big time in the in the tournament. So they were a team that was very very good. But not so good where you just say, well, we're just going to reload now because they have a lot of rebuilding to do. And typically in the fall and lacrosse, as you know, you come back, you see who's healthy. Some guys sit out because they're still recovering. Some guys are getting more reps in different position. And as you said, they started practice. They were going to have a couple scrimmages, some good scrimmages. Uh, Maryland was on the list. Uh, and then with the men's and women's team and the school in general getting the mumps, they, they had to. So they had no choice to stop the season. The men resumed practice later in the uh in the fall, and I, when I asked Coach Desco, of course, you know, he tried to downplay it because what are you going to do? You, know, you can't say, well, we're out of luck. I mean, he just said, you know, we're going to try, you know, do with what we got and get a couple practices in. He didn't think the loss of scrimmages would be that hurtful. But clearly, with such a young team last year, a lot of good recruits coming in this year, the new goalie, new faceoff men, a um, couple key defenders, a lot of veteran scorers gone. Fall was a time we needed to, to, to you know refine those things. Now we're in January. The first game is until February. So the question is, is that a month? Is that month enough time? They have a few scrimmages, again, in the preseason that are close to the public. But John's really got his work cut out for him. And Gary, get on the woman's side. Get things rolling. Who do I have? Who fits in where? So you speed up the process. Sure, everybody's smart enough and talented enough to do that. But you, you have a fall season for a reason, right? And when you don't have it, you miss something, and that that, that fine tuning, that sliding positions, uh, is going to really be something to watch. Do they start slow? 
I mean, they open against Binghamton in a month. Binghamton's a good team. Do they come right out the gate? So it'll be interesting to see who's where, what changes he gets to make, and does this impact how well they play right away uh, when the season starts. Do you sense pressure on John Desco that he's got to get back to a Final Four? I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, he always says every year, no. And, and he would know it's him. I mean, he's the one that would have to feel that. But how, how would there not be, right? I mean, 2009, was it? Did you, is That's that the Final Four appearance um, they had, yeah. So... It's almost uh, 10 years. That was the last championship, right? 2009, I believe so. That's forever. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the last championship right. was 2009. The last Final Four was 2015. Right. But, you know, the last championship, right. okay, that that is forever mm-hmm. in Syracuse lacrosse terms. You you raise a great point, and, and I don't think it's an excuse. I think it's real that, that there's so much talent around that you're going to have a lot of great teams. This isn't UCLA basketball in the 70s where you win, you win a game and you're in the Final Four. Um, that said, this, this is a great lacrosse area. Syracuse is still a, a top branding in the sport, in perhaps the top recruiting area in the country. And at some point, you've got to convert that. You can't have some of the best players going elsewhere and taking the teams to the promised land, and you're losing in the first round. So, you know, John puts a lot of expectation on himself. He, he doesn't get to be that good without expecting that. So he, he wouldn't sit there and say, no, you know, it's, it's no pressure. But um, if, if you want the, the fans' voice and the players' voice and the recruiting voice, you got you got to you know come back to the final four. Different topic for a different day that we can maybe do a little down the road here. But I, I sense that pressure. I sense that pressure certainly from fans. I'm starting to sense that pressure from alums, former players, and people that are kind of starting to circle the the gates, if you will, with their torches. That this program's got to win another title. Or I, I think you're going to hear some voices really speak up here in 2018. So hmm. we'll tease that okay. for a, a conversation down the road here. In the meantime. Lindsay, I'm glad I got to nail you down here for a few minutes. You got all these teams to cover, so get back to work, man. I held you off all these beads for a while, so I put you behind. Sorry about that, but no I appreciate problem. Great you coming in. Hanging with us here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes. Look for us on Apple Podcasts to get the latest delivered right to your phone, iPad, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Brent Adams. We'll talk to you next time.